The Rick Jensen Show on 1017 FM, 1150 AM, WDEL, and streaming to your smart speaker and mobile device. Was it just 100 people, a couple hundred people, or over 1,000 that were protesting near Joe Biden's house going up and down Barley Mill Road, right, uh, just this weekend? Well, some news reports said, no, oh, it's 100, 200. No, 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 no. Greg Bolden, who is the host of the internationally famous podcast America Emboldened, is on the phone right now. It's uh, it's a very, very popular podcast, extraordinary, so really, especially in this country, and he is headquartered here in Wilmington. Greg, thanks for being on. How are you? Glad to be with you, Rick. How are you doing today? Okay, so you had somebody there at the protests. They were showing you video and, uh, and images. Tell us uh, what you saw there in front of Joe Biden's house. Yeah, so uh, this uh, didn't get much news coverage here in Delaware. Delaware Online was largely silent. There's a small article, I believe, that uh, DPM picked up on by Quinn Kirkpatrick. But it made it sound like there was only maybe like 50 to 100 people at this rally. The footage that was sent to me through my sources through X, um, I can count likely pretty close to at least 700 people. I'm being told um, after talking to them as well as organizers that – Coupled in with the people that were busting, they believe they had just over a thousand people present. Uh, so this was really underreported, and I think it's the largest national story for a couple different reasons that no one covered this weekend. And I'm glad to uh, bring it not just to my show, but bring it to your show today. So uh, what did you find out? What did you learn? So there was a state representative from the 26th district, Medina Wilson Anton, that mm-hmm. was one of the co-organizers of this protest. And they marched after they lined up outside of uh, across the street from Wegmans near where Joe Biden's home is. And they had a march where they blocked down the right hand lane and they brought white flowers to lay to represent the different children that had been killed in Palestine. But they were allowed all the way up to basically the gates of the president's home. And uh, they weren't expecting the president to be home. Uh, lo and behold, I'm told that Secret Service was present and Joe Biden was in the state this uh, this weekend. But no one could confirm with me whether or not he was at the residence as this was happening. Uh, but when I kind of uncovered the rest of the organizers, it led me to some questions. And I spoke with uh, Representative Medina Wilson-Anton last night to get some answers. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, not... wait. Did you speak with her or did you communicate yeah. with her somehow? I communicated through Messenger, through Facebook. Okay, um, okay. I, I tried to get her to do an uh, audio interview with me for my show, and she preferred to do Messenger, but uh, made it very clear to me that I could use all of her quotes for my show. Uh, so I use those all verbatim for the national part. And there are some things I wanted to share with the local Delaware residents because I think it's important for them to uh, put in perspective here today. Okay, go right ahead, please. So I asked her uh, what they were basically hoping to accomplish uh, with this coverage. And instead of, you know, uh, dividing people further with the Palestine-Israel, what they wanted. And she said that their message to Biden was this. They wanted to call for a ceasefire now and U.S. military aid to Israel and the siege on Gaza and the occupation. And they were joined by thousands of Delawareans from all religions, ethnicities, races and backgrounds and were unified in this message. And I I think the, the thousands might be a little bit overinflated, but based upon what I have, they might have had just over a thousand there well let me let um, me jump up here and and ask uh were you did you ask her the question about well if we do have a ceasefire the leaders of hamas themselves and their communications director himself have all said that what they want to do is have a permanent war with israel 
it'll mm-hmm. give them the opportunity to uh, to reload and and to slaughter more Israelis. And and this is from their own words. They want to have more and more October sevens over and over and over again, and a permanent war. Is is she? Did you ever get a chance to ask her? Are, are you aware that that would be the result? So I've invited her onto the show later this week to get more into those conversations because she didn't have time last night. So that is a question that I would like to follow up with, but that wasn't the direction where our conversation went. Okay. I, I wanted to know more about how she felt about. President Biden and his safety, uh, whether or not she felt that being a co-sponsor of this endangered the president and Delawareans Mm -hmm. by showing everybody where Joe Biden's home was, as well as um, whether or not she believed uh, some of the chants. Uh, There was a chant there that looks like she was leading, but I can't confirm that. But it was, uh, Biden, Biden, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. So I asked her, do you feel this is an appropriate charge of Joe Biden? And uh, she doubled down on that, uh, saying that she said Biden is no longer just complicit in the atrocities happening in occupied Palestine. Through his words and actions, he is actively aiding and abetting. And she says, I think Netanyahu, his cabinet, Biden, and his cabinet should all be tried in The Hague. Biden should resign from office. He has shown himself to be an abject failure of a leader in this incredibly pivotal time in the history of the world, choosing to send billions of dollars of military aid to a country whose military is committing war crimes is aiding and abetting. Biden has blood on his hands. So I think this is a large story when you have a local state representative who's a a Democrat that's a Democrat, a socialist Democrat. She was backed by the socialist Democrats, apparently. I found that out. Yeah. Um, But this is this is huge news. I mean, she's been to the White House. Uh, She has rubbed elbows with some of the biggest Democrat names while she's been there. And to go against Biden, I was shocked. So I asked her if she's afraid of going after Biden in the state. And uh, her quote back was, I'm not afraid of these people. I only fear God. Uh, so uh, this is certainly the left eating the left, and uh, very interesting time here. And I think that's the, one of the largest stories we can find within all of this outside of whether or not she was endangering him. You know, if you had this conversation with her, and of course, uh, you know, I'll share with my listeners, it's uh, America Emboldened. You just look for it wherever you get podcasts. It's all over the place. You know, I'd be interested to know her thoughts about Hamas. You know, we do know that that Hamas, and this is factual, surrounds themselves with civilians. They want a larger body count so they can use that for propaganda. We have mm-hmm. leaders of Hamas, and I can share with you the quotes, and I'm, I'm sure you've read it as well, uh, saying they want a forever war and that they welcome these martyrs. They welcome the death of Palestinians. It furthers their cause. And uh, and I'd love to hear someone's opinion about, you know, what do you think about Hamas if they evade it? Just, you know, again, throw in some more facts about this and ask, you know, how, what's your opinion of that? And I'd, I'd love to know the, uh, the opinion because it seems to me that if you really want to protect the people in, uh, in Palestine, the innocent uh, Palestinians, then the Arab countries should be the ones taking them in. First of all, Egypt. And isn't that, shouldn't that really be the focus of your protests? Jordan, Iran, Egypt, accept the Palestinian refugees. You have billions of dollars, Iran, help fund this, uh, this evacuation. Egypt, you have billions of dollars, help fund the evacuation of these, of these Palestinians. I think that it's tough to have this conversation, Rick, because I I've kind of have been covering this entire uh, conflict from a standpoint of how do we bring peace about the region? How do we coexist as a people? Um, 
and I wasn't expecting the pushback that I got from people to listen to the network that I'm on that thought that simply by me not giving 100 percent, you know, go and carpet bomb Gaza was all of a sudden me being anti-Semitic. But I was actually where you are right now. I was saying, how come refugees can't be going into the other Arab countries, the Muslim communities, where they can have a, a safe haven while Hamas is ro rooted out? Uh, I support the complete destruction of Hamas as a terror organization. This has gone on way too long. Uh, but I, I think what I want to focus on for this with, with Delawareans is there's this march to the Biden's house that was sponsored by some very interesting organizations mm -hmm. that have previous links to Hamas. And so when I started doing research for my show, I was able to get the receipts for that uh, to be able to share with individuals. Um, for example, the JVP of Philadelphia, when I looked up the chapter there, the executive director, uh, there is his own Facebook page back in 2018 where he's supporting Hamas in one of his posts. And this is one of the main sponsors of the March to Biden's house. Uh, you look at uh, the history back at CARE Philadelphia. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is Wikipedia re removed Rafiq Jaber from the page. But Rafiq Jaber was a um, co-founder of CARE way back when. Mm -hmm. And you can find straight into it that uh, he, back in 1994 to 2005, as part of the Islamic Association for Palestine, it was an organization that was raising money in the United States for Hamas. So I just wonder if, you know, we're having these protests. Is everybody there on the same page as me where I want peace? Or are there people that are actually supporting Hamas in the crowd? Are there sympathizers? And are we endangering the president of the United States when we all of a sudden have them show up outside his home? And so I, I asked her that question, actually, you know, if she felt that she had a responsibility uh, for the safety of the president as a co-organizer, uh, co-sponsor. And I was really surprised at her answer to me uh, because I wasn't expecting it to be uh, so laissez-faire. I thought that as an organizer, you would think about the, the president. Um, but I'd like to read your listeners her response back uh, to that question, if you don't mind. And, and understanding this is a Joe Biden Democrat, because Delaware mm -hmm. is Joe Biden's state, who is a, a state representative. Okay, go right ahead. That's correct. So I asked her uh, if she felt that it was irresponsible uh, for Joe Biden to go directly to if anyone thought about his safety. Her quote exactly is this, and this is what she writes. I don't think any of us were worried about the president's safety. Initially, we were not even expecting him to be home, but also because the Secret Service would be there. We were a bit concerned there may be counter-protesters or bystanders who may be frustrated with traffic slowdown, et cetera, who may turn violent. I, I sat there with that opening line. I don't think any of us were worried about the president's safety. I can't imagine if the right did the exact same thing. And if you listen to my show, I'm not right or left. I, I try to cut down, the, down to what actually makes sense, critical thinking. But I think it's your responsibility as a co-sponsor to not leave it in the Secret Service's hands or what you might be worried about. I think the president's safety has got to be paramount as an elected official, as somebody who swears an oath to the Constitution. So that was, that was the one area. I, I, I commend her for her conviction in the messaging for calling for his uh, resignation, but this is an area where I cannot support Medina whatsoever. I think he, that was a laissez-faire, and it was dangerous to both our democracy as a country, and it was dangerous to all Delawareans what happened this weekend. I'm not worried about the president's safety. And, and, and this is a member of the same party. The same party. Yeah. It's the left eating the left at this more, point. Much more concerned about what's happening in the Middle East and other countries than the uh, the safety of our own president in this country. Correct. 
the Secret Service was going to be there. They could they could handle it. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I think the same thing was said uh, by <laughs> people just back in 2020 with, oh, the Capitol Police, they can handle. If a mob of people wants to do something, a mob of people is going to do something. Um, and the Secret Service would not have been equipped for that. I, I, I'm fairly confident in that. Not if you have 750 or maybe even over 1,000 people. And when I was uh, hearing about this over the weekend, one of my first questions was, did anybody try to get through the gate? Because, you know, Joe has gates in front of his house. And right. thankfully, thankfully, nobody did. No. It was a peaceful protest. It truly was. I, I asked that question to a number of people, and yeah. uh, they definitely reiterated that over and over again, that there was not bad actors there. My point is, there could have been. And oh, absolutely. And, and by the way, you ask an excellent question. How many people there, uh, first of all, understand the nature of Israel and Palestine uh, going back even to the year 622? I mean, if you want to go back to uh, lands being conquered for religious uh, purposes, you go back there, you go back even farther. You go back to, uh, like, uh, gosh, I guess Hadrian of, of uh, the Roman Empire and how he changed the name from Judea, because it was always Judea, to Palestine and, uh, or Palestine, yeah, and uh, Palestine, Palestine, and uh, knowing that the definition there was Philistines. So, right. so there's. You know, there, I think there's very, very few people who really understand this. They just, they just believe this whole thing about apartheid. Well, actually, no. If uh, Egypt opened the doors, then there would really be zero problem uh, with Gaza as it exists now. So, anyway, um, wondering how many people really understand uh, the history, how many people are simply supportive of the Palestinians themselves, seeing them as people who are being used as pawns by Iran, by Hamas, certainly, but also other Arab countries. And how many of these people are simply want to see Israel destroyed, killed all the Jews, and uh, supporting Hamas and that goal while just saying, hey, uh, we support uh, the Palestinians. And by the way, uh, Palestine, you know, from the river to the sea, that's a chant that is genocidal in and of itself. So I just wonder how many people actually, it's kind of like the question you were asking, how many people actually are aware of this? I don't think most people are even aware of the, the history of the conflict back and forth with Israel, that it's not actually thousands of years old, that even some of what's been going on here goes back to when Britain got involved and uh, we started to have the United Nations uh, broker Israel and what was supposed to be uh, Palestine. Uh -huh. It's gone back and forth, and it, it, Palestine and Israel have not been able to coexist for all this time. Hamas has been, since 1987, uh, at, on, at odds trying to get rid of Israel. Uh, so, and in many ways, a lot of these organizations that are in America, we've sponsored both sides of this war as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think most people even know the, the whole geopolitical region, what's going on in that country. I don't think they, they understand how complex even the Muslim faith is or how it's fractured into the Sunnis and Shiites, uh, as well as... And Sufis. And, and by the way, uh, Hamas is, is very dangerous, a very dangerous organization for these other Muslims and people. Peaceful Muslims. Peaceful Muslims have a reason to fear Hamas. Hamas, as far as I'm concerned, is a religious death cult. And even other Muslims need to fear this organization. 
Right. I, th- I think where we could probably agree, Rick, and I think this is where a lot of the protesters go to this, and it's where I would be as well. I think we could all agree that seeing these images of babies and innocent children that are being killed as kind of the carpet bombing campaign goes to try to find Hamas and these underground bunkers, no one wants innocent life lost, right? That's why I have been calling for That's not anything true. we can do. That's not true. You, you've misspoken, my friend. Okay, that, is, that is the plan and the desire and the goal of Hamas. That's why they did what they did. That's why they slaughtered babies and grandmas and dragged people through the streets on October 7. That's why they parachuted, uh, into, paraglided down into the uh, music festival and murdered innocent people because that's what they want. You have leaders of Hamas, whether it's an interview on Jordanian TV or interviews with other reporters that are published in the New York Times, this is what they want. They want the body count. This is why Israel said you got 20 24 hours to evacuate, 24 hours to evacuate, they gave them many days, and Hamas said, no, don't leave, don't leave, and Hamas blocked the roads, they wouldn't let people leave, they want that body count for the propaganda. I agree with you there. I think we're on the same same okay. page there. I think messaging-wise, maybe I, I got confused. What I'm getting at is, it's a shame because Hamas doesn't wear military uniforms, right? Because right. we can't just be like, oh, we can identify you as Hamas. The innocent life is being lost in this way. I understand that it's part of Hamas's plan, but I understand also why protesters would look at these horrific images that are coming out. And we're more connected than ever before with social media, like in many ways, propaganda. You mm-hmm. know, we're in kind of a, a new type of warfare. And uh, so people are getting emotional. We've lost the ability to think with our right brains, our logical side. And so it's very difficult for people to have this conversation without calling people anti-Semites, calling people sympathizers on one side or the other. Um, But I I agree with what you're saying. Hamas wants the war this way. I just wish there was a way that we could eliminate Hamas while also being able to save the innocent on all sides. So Hamas began really um, back in the 1970s. There was this okay. uh, there was there was this Muslim organization and they were peaceful. They uh, they simply studied Islam. They uh, built universities and schools. And the, the organization was called Muhammad al Islamia. Muhammad al Islamia, and uh, it was officially recognized by Israel as a charity. People that's why people like to say, oh well, Israel created Hamas. No, they gave this peaceful organization money and uh, recognized them as a charity. And uh, now, of course, it has morphed into something completely different from what it was in the beginning. And now it is, like I said, a terrorist death cult. Well, that's not what it was when it first began. And, and I, I think you know, people don't understand that uh, when you hear someone say, oh, well, Israel created that because they won war. No. Uh, you go back to uh, 1970s and 1979 and read about Muhammad, M-U-J-A-M-A, all A-L, Islamia. And, and, and you'll learn about that, what, what it what, how it really began. So the only way to stop Hamas, I believe, is uh, Iran has to change. Iran is funding it. They have billions of dollars. Uh, Hamas's leaders have a very lovely, expensive villas in Qatar. They live there while everybody else is scraping and, uh, and shooting each other. But we don't want to go to war with Iran. I don't want to see a war with Iran. So quite honestly, I don't know. How do you cut the head off that snake? I, I wish I had that answer, and I wish that there were people out there that were smart enough to answer it, Rick, but we seem completely at a loss, uh, both as a country and a society, of how to deal with this issue. Um, I worry about the future uh, that's coming for my children. 
Uh, it seems like war is almost inevitable that's going to globally bring us into conflict, that everything seems to be leading us there from the economy to who's in power as the president, uh, who the leaders are of these other countries. Uh, one of the few countries that seems like they're trying to talk peace, even though in Taiwan they're not. But China keeps trying to say, look, we need ceasefires. We need things uh, to cool off. And uh, I've been watching. I'm curious if you've been looking at this. Have you been watching China and Iraq and the relationship that's been developing over the past few uh, few months reading that in the in the news and being very concerned is this another axis mm -hmm. of evil yes yes you know after we kind of uh went into kuwait kuwait opened up their uh ports to the chinese military about seven months ago and they have been welcomed they've been working on bases there and then they've been moving into iraq now having meetings with iraq so kuwait and iraq which largely uh we've had uh, a since the last Iraq war, we've kind of built a coalition there uh, with local leaders. It seems like that that is completely dissolving, especially in Kuwait, where we fought in 1990. Uh, China has uh, basically uh, created this liaison with them. And I think that, that that's a story that's not being covered nearly enough as we talk about the Middle East. Well, I'm certainly uh, glad that you're covering it. And, uh, folks, if you uh, want to know more about that, listen to Greg Bolden on America Embolden. It's a great podcast doing video now. He's all over the place. It's easy to find wherever you get your uh, podcasts. And, and Greg, nothing says peace in Gaza like kicking out door glass at Grand Central Station, ripping down American flags, and threatening the lives of American Jews. <laughs> I think we can all get behind that. Greg Bolden, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me, Rick. Take care.